right, welcome back to Generally Assembled, your favorite Pennsylvania House Republican podcast, joined by uh, Representative Topper and Neil Lesher again. So I don't know about you guys, but uh, here we are. It's We're actually recording this on Tuesday, which is pretty uh, earlier in the week for us. Usually we're, uh, we're a later in the week crowd. Later but, in the week, later in the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the more it is later in the day, especially if you've had some adult beverages, probably the better this podcast yeah. is. Well, <laughs> we, 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 haven't, we haven't tried that yet, but hey, look, there's, there's always next week. But, you know, I think the most thrilling part so far of the last two days in the podcast world was uh, the uh, the foreign cyber attack against our uh, equipment here. We we narrowed it down to either the Russians, the Chinese, San Francisco, or the enemies of Ruth Topper. <laughs> <laughs> that's who. That's who. Uh, that's who committed the attack. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't listen. Here's what I, here's what I know. Right, the Bedford Bobby. Here's what I know. When it comes to cyber technology or anything, it was not Ruth's husband John, my dad, who participated at all, because he still has trouble turning the actual. Laptop, you know, he was a teacher for for 33 years, over 33 years, but in, in high school. And uh, in that time when he taught high school, he never turned a computer on. Like he literally, I remember watching him write out his tests for his kids by hand, and it's just remarkable. So. No, no issues in the in the technology world there. I can tell you We've that. We've narrowed it down. Well, you know that, that, that reminds me of a, a funny story from uh, before we get into uh, our our next segment here about um, when I was when I was working down in in Congress and the whole uh, pandemic started and all of a sudden everybody started doing zooms and doing things online. Well, there was a story circulating about a certain congressman who had been in office for so long, and then in their district office, they went to go turn, I think it was their district office, went to go turn the computer on to go do a Zoom, and it was still Windows XP. And they, and they, had, not, they had not turned their computer on in like, 25 years. And they probably didn't turn that on in 25 years ago either. Some no. staffer put yeah. Windows XP yeah. on. Um, so it was, uh, that was, that, that was something that always stays in my mind. But, um, well, we're, we're, we're fresh off the weekend, and uh, I know that we always have our weekend stories uh, that we like to say offline, and we were kind of doing that here uh, ahead of time. And it's resulted in, well, Representative Topper went to the movies. Well, yeah, so, I went to the, the movies. The segment uh, is Topper goes to the movies. Yeah, took the, <laughs> took, took the boys to see the Batman. And, of course, we've we've talked some about our our choices in entertainment and movie watching and, and show watching. And uh, I was a big fan of the Dark Knight series, the Christopher Nolan series. Uh, I grew up a Justice League fan. So, you know, Batman, Aquaman, Flash, Superman, all, all those guys. Um, and Wonder Woman for, for to make sure we, we throw in Wonder Woman, who was a, a great super active All right, hero as well. Just get back on topic, <laughs> Topper. And, yeah, and, and look, uh, the Batman was, was really good. I didn't think it rose to the level of the Dark Knight. It's hard to do that. The Dark Knight set such a standard for Batman. But what was interesting about this particular portrayal of, of Batman was it got back to his detective skills a little bit, hmm. which which kind of has been lacking in, in the last couple uh, action movies where it shows off the gadgets and everything, but this got into a little bit of his detecting and, and breaking down. The guy who played the Riddler was great, and and the back and forth there. So I would I would recommend uh, the Batman. I also uh, binged the Last Kingdom on Netflix, so that would be my my other. If you've watched the first couple seasons of the Last Kingdom, the new season came out. So those are Topper's takes on the uh, entertainment world here over well, the weekend. It was All right, well, uh, Neil, I think uh, you have some recommendations as well. Yeah, Neil sits around and watches shows all day by himself. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I make them. Um, yeah, so actually this weekend I watched The Adam Project. Uh, it's a Netflix original. It stars Ryan Reynolds. Uh, no spoilers. It's just A-D-A-M or A-T-O-M? Like the name, A-D-A-M. All right. Um, 
basically, it's, you know, if you like the Deadpool movies, you'll mm-hmm. really like this movie. It's the same kind of humor. Um, I'm, a big, I'm a big Ryan Reynolds fan. Yeah, I, I, mean, don't, he, I don't know how many how many people admit to that. Going right. back to Van Wilder. Yeah. Or two guys a girl in a pizza place. The original Ryan Reynolds show. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but uh, remember yeah, basic that. basic uh, plot theme is he's uh, he travels through time, back in time, and meets his twelve year old self, and the two of them go on a mission. But it, it, there's a lot of humor in it. It's hilarious. Highly recommend it. All right. How about you, Jason? Uh, what, yeah. have, what have you watched? I like? did. I did spend uh, the weekend um, in fits and starts, making it through Dune. Put your right hand in the box. Uh, something I was very interested in watching. Let me guess. Uh, it's sci-fi. It is sci-fi. Shock- um, but you know, it's uh, it's as, uh, it does have a lot of interesting parallels to uh, Star Wars. What's in the box? Pain. There's a thing called spice. There's a it's it's an empire. There's an imperial thing. But it's it's um, you know it's one of these sci-fi movies where you almost need to come into it with some sort of a background, knowing the universe in which it exists, because there's all these houses and political things that happen and are currently happening. And so it takes a minute. So it's one of those movies where actually after I was done watching, I think I watched like the first hour um, while my son was sleeping before I went to bed. And I was like, man, I actually need to go and read up on some of this stuff because I'm a little confused. Yeah, Chuck, Chuck, our producer, Chuck's got the book there. Okay. Um, a little confused as to exactly the universe. Well, wasn't but, that the way it was with Game of Thrones to a certain degree? I mean, Game of Thrones was was a great, you know, it was it was a, a show that as you followed it, you could kind of get an idea. Uh, I, I would even say going back to um, the the Lord of the Rings series, right? There mm-hmm. are some of those series that you can enjoy it without reading the books, right? But definitely reading the books helps you have a better understanding I, of what's going on. I couldn't even make it through the first episode of Game of Thrones. I have not. I've seen like part of the first episode, and I every time I try to get into it, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on here. This is very confusing to me. And and again, I think that that yeah, the books the books definitely help that. But I mean, I, I watched it. I, I, there were ups and downs I had with my my relationship with Game of Thrones had its ups and downs, but I made it through eventually. Well, speaking about making it through eventually, I know uh, <laughs> we today, made it through appropriation series <laughs> yeah, and now we're on to something else. And uh, you uh, were in a uh, lengthy hearing today on uh, charter school issues. So I want to tell us what well, that we was had about. a voting meeting uh, right out of the gate on um, <clears throat> uh, the charter school regulations, which some of the things in the regs we actually agree with. The, the oh, once again, it goes back to the theme that we've talked about since the beginning of the pandemic. The real issue here is executive overreach, doing this by themselves as we're trying to negotiate a compromise when it comes to charter reform. So hopefully we'll be able to continue that. And then the hearing following that voting meeting was on the teacher shortage through Pennsylvania. And one of the things that came up in that hearing was, you know, the mental health issue when it comes to our kids. And and I actually brought it up in the hearing that, look, we all predicted this. This is why when you took so many things away from our, our kids, over the past couple of years, including their extracurricular, their sports, their uh, the book clubs, the musicals, the concerts. When, when you take those things away, even their, their proms, their graduation ceremonies in person. And I mean, I, I of course you're going to have this. And, we, and, and as we said last week and, and the week before, it's not as though we're Monday morning quarterbacking here. We predicted this, and that's why this caucus fought so hard to uh, to try and make sure these kids were able to maintain what we would consider a, a normal education throughout that period. Yeah, I mean, the, the, actually, this week there was a bunch of FFA kids uh, in the Capitol. They the, had today, their, yeah, today yep. they had their conference, I guess, this weekend. Uh, Shout out to 
Mr. Myers uh, brought some students around, so okay, give well, him a shout out no, if he's listening. No, we'll have to get him to listen. Um, yeah, and I met with a group from Redland or Red Lion. I'm sorry, um, which is in uh, my boss's district. And I thought one of the sad things that they told me was, although they're all in high school, this was the first FFA conference that they've attended because they haven't had one since 2019. That's right. And, and these are the these are these are events that are very important in the life of a kid. And and look, the educators as well, the teachers as well. Um, so now we're kind of playing catch up in terms of some of that mental health, some of those mental health issues. But but that is why we must never allow that to happen again. Uh, the way the way it went down, we must learn from this because we can see all the ramifications moving forward. Well, and I think this is going to be a very interesting topic of discussion as we get into, uh, and, and we'll, I, I think we'll anticipate a robust discussion on these issues as we get into our spring session here. Because I think one of the, and, and not for this reason, but I think one of the main contrasts that you can see is when you get into the details, people start to differ. But one of the main differences between Republicans and the left um, is that Republicans largely agree that education should fit the student. Nobody should be stuck in a failed model that fails them. Look, there's there's a vast majority of students for whom public school is going to be a fine choice and the best choice for them. There's going to be some students who need, for whatever reason, to have an education at home or um, you know, do that through remote learning. And there's a, a cyber charter space for that. Uh, there's going to want to be parents who want to have a choice for their kids that doesn't require them to pay tuition. There's charter schools for, for that to the extent that they're available. Uh, and then there's there's private schools for those who want to have a religious component or, you know, coming out of the pandemic, realize that they want something more reliable that's a little bit outside of the system uh, for them to be able to, to focus on. And I don't think anybody can deny um, whether you're a, a Republican and saying it out loud or a Democrat and just saying it quietly, that the public school system showed its major failures during the pandemic. It was control, it's controlled by the unions um, who are completely, uh, you know, gone, gone off the edge of what's real in terms of trying to uh, get kids back in school. Public school students have largely been failed. Private schools and charter schools showed that they are able to, uh, you know, go through the 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 tough areas. I mean, cyber charter schools enrollment increase an incredible sure. amount. So there's the a waiting schools. list, right? Yep. There's a waiting list right now. There's a waiting list for for brick and mortar charters in some areas. And, and here's my here here is I believe the role of government, uh, particularly of state government, which to be honest really should be the one driving education policy. It should be nothing from the federal government, in my opinion, but certainly at the at the state level. And this is our role. It is to provide access and opportunity to a high quality education for each student. Now, like you said, for a lot of folks, the majority of folks, the traditional K through 12 publics are what will work best for them. And so they need to be at a high standard. They need to be funded adequately and all those things that we talk about, right? Which I believe, I believe they are. Then you have the charter schools, which are also public schools that might help for a specific uh, environment for a child to learn in that they can thrive, whether it right. be cyber or whether it be simply in an environment where they can feel safe, as in some of the brick and mortar schools that they offer, or then then what we can do to ensure that that the private school system is healthy as well. But that's our role, and, and I think sometimes it feels like the role uh, the other side wants to say the role of of governments to prop up the educational system, right. the apparatus that needs to be changing dynamically far more than it was. And hopefully, one of the silver linings from COVID is that we are able to see 
this shift uh, dynamically in education where even amongst our traditional K through 12 models, we're gonna start doing things differently. We're gonna start adapting to each student's needs. We're gonna start to, to look at maybe lessening the, the standardized testing model and, and increasing the ability for these students to have hands-on learning and, and improve our CTEs right our career and tech educational opportunities right. this isn't we have a chance here to do something remarkable coming out of this pandemic and I hope we do it instead of just getting stuck in we have to prop up because look there's a lot of money I, one of my colleagues when I first got here said Jesse you wouldn't believe the amount of money that's to be made in the education space which is why we have propped up certain models for so long because quite frankly they're <clears throat> money makers uh, at both at our higher institutions of higher education and our K through 12. It's time to change that dynamic and focus on what's best for students. And I think we have plans to do that. And, and look, if we do that well, we can remove that toxic relationship between charters, cyber charters, and public, uh, traditional public K through 12s and actually have everybody working together. If, right. if the aim is what's best for our students. Well, I think the constitutional requirement is that Pennsylvania must provide Pennsylvania children with a thorough and efficient education doesn't say exactly how it just says that that's what needs to be provided and I think you know look we've we've realized and learned that there are many different ways in which people can get a thorough and efficient education in this Commonwealth but again the pandemic has really showed the benefit of choice and I'll just share one example uh, I'm not gonna name names but I have a, a close family friend who's has three kids all were in public school uh, at the beginning of the pandemic one was went into the cyber model uh, at the the remote learning through the public school and did terribly because they relied on socialization. You know, they're a real people person and they did terribly. They really need to be back in school. Their other child who suffered from bullying and uh, other social problems did really well with the remote learning because they were able to focus. They didn't have the stress. They didn't have the problems that come with being in school. And then that person ended up being in a, a cyber charter because that was their parents saw, wow, they're actually doing really well at home. And then the, the younger sibling, they didn't quite know yet uh, and stayed back, but uh, is continuing in the public education. They did fine. Either way, they're pretty young. But, you know, it just shows you out of three different kids, uh, you have very different results. And, you know, I think everybody agrees, whether it's K through 12 education or higher education, we shouldn't be funding institutions. We shouldn't be funding systems. We need to be funding students. We That's need right. to make and, sure and, the student and is and what's Neil's successful. Boss, uh, Chairman Saylor said this very well several times during the appropriations hearings is it's also about accountability and that's accountability for anyone who receives public money whether it's charters cyber charters whether and with even some with EITC dollars uh, with tax credit dollars our private schools and uh, and our traditional K through 12s as long as we're providing with every anything that we do with funding also have that accountability piece we'll be okay right yeah, I mean, Jason, I think the example that you give is, is I mean, it's what we say, like parents need to be in the driver's seat and, it, and education is not a one size fits all proposition. Um, and that's really what we've been fighting for. And, and you know, on the accountability front, um, Jesse, you've been trying to get an update to our state charter law, charter, you know, charter school uh, laws for Jesus, uh, probably 10 years now, I think. Um, and it's consistent. And Mike, Mike Reese really yep. started that fight, yeah. uh, and, and I, I've tried to continue it in his stead. But that's what cracks me up when these these D's like, you haven't done anything. At the well, we've actually passed a lot of stuff out of the House. We've brought a lot of ideas up, and they've been and it, killed for various reasons. Yeah, I mean, it's consistently been the Department of Education and the Wolf Administration that refuses to come to the table and actually work mm, in a collaborative and, manner. And, and every once in a while, the other chamber in the building. The Chamber of Secrets. 
<laughs> but as we won't go there. We won't go there because because we are generally assembled, right? So uh, yeah, well, we, we pretend to like them. We pretend yeah. to like the Senate. Uh, <laughs> my senators are listening. I love you all. I love you all. Well, it's just like everybody here. Everybody loves their senators, but we can not like the the institution as a whole. Um, but that's 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 not here. We're, no, that's we're, not we're, right. we're fans of everybody, and um, uh, fans of everybody except like San Francisco. That. Yeah, well, yeah, look, well I, that we make clear. Yeah, I think we've made very clear that, that San Francisco has been uh, has been the butt of many jokes. And our rival podcast, Grove Unleashed, and and and, 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 and <laughs> impossible and the impossible, the impossible Whopper. Whopper. Fans yeah, we that. have a very short enemies list here, but they're all yeah. uh, grows with each episode. Yeah, <laughs> it does, it does. listen. By the end of things, we'll be what we've done is we've brought up some of the entertainment things that we like. I can't wait till we start, you know. Trashing the ones we don't. Like, oh, did you see this show? It was terrible. We're coming for you, Bedford Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Well, uh, I think that's that uh, we covered some stuff here today. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Always great to be with you guys, even on a non-session oh, week. I have one story that I want to share uh, before, we, before we get out of here. So my, my old boss uh, was in the building today, uh, Congressman Fred Keller. And uh, he, he, I'm coming up the escalator. I had a doctor's appointment this morning, so I was coming in late. And uh, he goes, Jason. And I turn, oh, hey, Fred. And uh, he goes, I need to show you something. And he goes, you know how you know that Tom Wolf is governor? He goes, look at how they greet you when you come into the Capitol. And he says, it says, empty your pockets. Right on the side <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, yeah. Freddie. I oh, miss Freddy. him. Yeah, that's, I, you know what? If you would have said, if we would have played the game, like, is this service? If you would have said, tell me the former member who said this joke, I probably I probably would have guessed Freddie Keller. Yeah. Great guy. It was very it was very funny. And the Capitol Police officer goes, goes, what are you talking about? He goes, he goes, well, I just said, you know, t- you know, Tom Wilson, the governor, when they greet you in the Capitol, says you have to empty your pockets. And the guy, the guy goes... Try not to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't laugh. You work for Tom Wolf. Um, so, uh, all right. Well, anyway, that's uh, generally assembled for this week for Representative Topper and Neil Lesher. Uh, I'm Jason Gottesman, and you can find this podcast where all of your favorite Pennsylvania House Republican podcasts are found, not Grove Unleashed, uh, www.pahousegop.com slash my podcasts. Uh, until next week. Mm-hmm.